Hello and welcome to the Baggies broadcast. My name is Johnny Drury. I hope you Baggies fans are enjoying your off-season, uh, as well as our guest podcast that we've got coming through the off-season. We've already had one or two out at the moment. We've got quite a few coming over the course of the summer, so watch out for them. But today, we've got a special episode of the Baggies broadcast for you. I'm speaking to two men that have come into the public eye over the last six months due to Albion's well-publicised off-field struggles. I'm delighted to be joined by Ali Jones and Paul Faulkner of Action for Albion, the fan group that was set up back in October to raise the profile of Albion's ownership and financial issues. Welcome to the podcast, gents. Now, it's been a roller coaster season for Albion, for Carlos Corbran, for the players, but also for you chaps as well. I'm sure you've had a... A very busy last uh, six or so months. Very much so. I mean, it's incredible, really, the, the journey we've been on. I hate using that word. It sounds like you're going on Britain's Got Talent, doesn't it? But it's, um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, considering that we didn't know each other for, in October, uh, we, I'll probably speak to, to Paul more than I speak to my, my proper mates. You <laughs> <laughs> could speak to them a lot more than me, a lot less if you want to, mate. That's <laughs> Well, yeah, it, it, I mean, we, we felt as a group, uh, and in fairness, Paul will, Paul will say this, Paul, Paul had the vision and the idea of this long before I, I, I had it, really. I mean, Paul wanted to get something up and running, and I'm, I'm not going to speak for him, he speak for himself before, but I think the culmination of when we did it was the when the Daily Mail broke the MSD loan story, and we'd lost in the last minute at Millwall away. Right, and I am ashamed to say that I wasn't bothered. Right, and then and Johnny, you've known me for a while now. For me to not be bothered that West Bromwich Albion have lost in the last minute of a game, there's a crossroads, and it was a crossroads, and I felt somebody's got to do something here. Somebody's got to put their head above the parapet because if there's people like me that have had 41 year season tickets and all that rubbish that we keep on saying about, but if I'm not bothered, then what's the just the the average fan that goes on a Saturday, what are they going to think? So it was an idea that we got off the, off the ground on Twitter and it became very quick. Um, uh, and then it sort of just sort of blew up, really. We we had a, I think, I mean, Paul, about 120, 130 WhatsApp in the first day. Was it that, that people that joined? Yeah, obviously there was, there was a lot of traction really quickly and a lot of impetus uh, within there. Obviously, we had to define what we were about quite early doors, um, and we needed somebody to bring factions of the fan base together. Um, I think it took us a little while to do that, um, but I think we're we're further progressed with that now than what than what we've ever been really, which is is one of one of our objectives to bring the fan base together. Um, we don't even always agree between me and Ali, and, and certainly we don't between the committee, and we certainly won't with the with the wider fan base, but. I think if we agree the majority of the time and we we agree with the majority of the actions and we become more aligned, then th- that's where we've got strong, really. Ali mentioned there, Paul, you know, it was sort of the idea that come around from yourself. And, and could you, I just want to go back to the, those months, you know, September, October, you know, when it when it first launched, you know, how did it all, you know, did you all sort of sit around in a room and, and, and decide? And, and how was the committee made? And I think for a lot of Albion fans, you know, how many of you is there now on the group and how, how has it sort of grown? Okay. I, I was I was approached by um, a fellow fan, um, 
via direct messaging on Twitter and, and asked if I wanted to be part of, of a movement and um, we, we'd, we'd meet and get something off the ground. And um, I attended that meeting. It didn't really go anywhere. Uh, Ali was one of the people that I tried to co-opt into at that stage, although we didn't really know each other. We'd had a little bit of correspondence on Twitter and, and phone calls, etc. Um, and Ali didn't feel that was the right time for him at that stage, as he's alluded to earlier on. Um, and that didn't go anywhere. Uh, as several other actions before and have have done haven't got anywhere there's been marches that people haven't even known about and haven't attended and you know this, this takes a lot of work and it's really really hard to pull together as, as you know and as i'm sure we will get we'll get into um and then um ali approached me so we had a complete turnaround and ali approached me and said look i've had enough now and i think we should start doing this type of thing and i've asked a few people and uh, and what do we think and i think we um we we got the whatsapp chat group together and then we, we quite quickly had a zoom following on from that Ali is that recollection yeah, correct that's right so I mean there was there was there was um that, that Thursday I think we started on the Monday and um, we had about 120 130 people and it became very very apparent very quickly that we're not going to go anywhere with just a grand swell of whatsapp messages keep coming in so that that group is absolutely still the core of what we what we needed to do and we wanted to be an a, a voice for every fan that we wanted to have, wanted to have but we also needed to find a way of managing that properly. So we just thought the best way to do it is filter into a committee. So we asked for people that wanted to join the committee that, look, people don't realise the amount of time that this takes. It really does. It's like a full-time job and a full-time job and we're doing it voluntarily. We don't we don't want to get smoke up our backside. We don't want any pats on the back for it. It's just explaining that there's a lot of work involved. And um, there's there's... Probably 10 to 12 active members on the committee now, but then we've got a lot of people that speak regularly for us and with us. That we've probably got like sort we've got hierarchy really, and that's the same in any organisation. You need to have to make anything happen and, uh, and make it into reality. You have to have a hierarchy. It's very very easy to sit on the end of a keyboard telling people what they should and shouldn't do, but when you're actually putting it into the real world and you're making things like marches happen. They don't just happen overnight by just saying, we're going to do a march, we'll see you on Saturday. It doesn't work like that. There's a lot of work and there's a lot of promotion, et cetera, going into it. And I think that that's where mm. we've made a bit of a difference to where potentially other fan groups from Albion and elsewhere have failed because we, we, we're meticulous in our planning and, and the way that we manage it. Absolutely, you know, and, that, and that's one thing, you know, the work that goes in behind the scenes is, is something that not a lot of people will see. Going back to them first few months, you obviously got together. I think your first sort of protest, so to speak, or or action that that we really saw was the shine of light, which I think, thinking yeah. back, was the Blackpool game in October, which was correct. Carlos Corbrand's second game, first win uh, when that incredible run on the on the field started. But I remember there being a thousands getting involved in that that night, and there was a bit of sort of not sure how many people are going to get involved. What was it? What was that night like for you? Was it a case of seeing, right, this is how many people we can get involved and garner in this and we can can move forward now? Yeah, it was, it was exactly that, Johnny. And it was, we were we were really happy with the immediate take up and it sort of went to strength and stem from there, really. Um, we obviously had, had the normal we've expected. I think Ali used the phrase today when we had a bit of criticism of water off a duck's back, and and we we've had to we've had to grow grow a spine. Um, we had a lot of people say, well, what good is is shining a light going to do? Well, you know the clue is in the name. We're shining a light on the fact to the wider 
press, media, uh, people, political uh, arenas. That there's an issue here. There's a problem with with a founder member of the football league here, and there's a serious issue. And we 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 need to highlight this to you. And I still get asked on a daily basis. I got asked at work today by a work colleague. Well, what what exactly goes on at your place, and what problems have you got? I don't know anything about it. And and you know you're engaged in conversation. Yeah, I mean, I mean, actually, Johnny, just very quickly going back to that, the Shine a Light was the first real public thing, but this is what I'm really proud of as an organisation of fans, because the first one that we were going to do was going to be about stopping looking at merchandise and going into the club shop and stopping buying various revenues. But when we actually rolled that out and we thought about it, and we listen to our fan base. We listen to the fan base. A lot of people, and I'll use the I'll use the I'll use the example of programs, and I use this as the example. Are we really going to affect the football club if the if the program doesn't get as a thousand or two thousand people less by that program? The only people we're going to affect is the guys at Curtis Sports who print the program that have been West Bromwich Albion season ticket holders for fifty years. What right have we got as a fan group? to stop somebody's livelihood that's been at West Brom and a supporter of the Albion for a long time. So what we're really proud of as, a, as an organisation is that we stop. And when we get things wrong, we'll say, yeah, actually, you know, insight, we were wrong there. Well, let, let's park it, move forward, and let, let's think of something else that we can do. That's, I think that's a key fundamental difference as to why we've got resonate with a lot of fan bases. because we democracy almost, Ali, yeah. where, you know, they're good ideas and, and people get says and... That's, you know, it's really interesting, interesting to hear. Just on the protest, the first real one, you know, that we can remember, we remember the Blackpool one. After that, the one that I've got on my list is, is the one on January the 2nd, which was the, after the Reading game um, yeah. outside the outside the ground, which saw a really, you know, a swell of response. You know, I, I was there that night, it says a few thousand people on, on Halford's Lane, you know, chanting, you know, Chance directed at, at the chief executive Ron Gawley. We will, you know, we know you just sit down with regularly now, so we'll come on to that. And and at Gauchin Lie was that. It seemed like a snowball effect. You know, there was the shine of light, and then there was that, and it showed how angry and and more aware, more and more Albion fans were coming at the issues. Yeah, this is this is where this is where the um, this is where I think that we we made the difference, and and it starts stems from running and walking before you're running uh, and and the reason why is when you're doing any sort of campaign you've got to gather momentum so I, when i first started this and i'll be absolutely candid and honest and the reasons why i didn't want to get involved before was because i felt that whatever it was gonna happen it was flawed because they were trying to run before they could walk my idea and my vision was to build a very steady campaign that we start slowly and we build and generate interest at the end of the day you're always going to get 400 people that are the the naysayers, so to speak, and that isn't being any this way disrespect for the people that do want change, but that, those 400 are going to do that no matter what. The key is, is that there's 23, 17,000 season ticket holders and more or less 20,000 Albion fans that go in game in, game out. How do we get a bigger proportion of those to understand the issues and more importantly get involved in anything that we're going we're gonna to do? That takes time and it takes momentum to be built, and that's why... We were absolutely committed to get the shine of light going first, try some other things that like the paper protest that didn't quite work. We've got other things that we tried to do. The whistles was okay, but didn't work again. Anything that you do has to be, has a vision and it has to be visible. Otherwise it falls flat on its backside. So 
we just wanted to continue with Shine a Light because as it grew and it did grow, and I mean, let's let's we scored quite a few goals in the round Shine a Light as well. So worked on and off the games pitch. on the spin. Well, there was a yeah, goal during Shine a Light. I mean, you know that upturn that you mentioned before, Johnny, in that run of form, it's clearly completely down to us. And, you know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that but, the the Reading protest. Then you know shortly after that was I believe when dialogue began yes. with the board and with Ron yeah. Gourlay. Talk that us through Friday. Talk us through how that came around because I remember that evening um after the Reading game on January the second, there was a few chants directed at Gourlay. Fans had wanted to hear from Ron Gourlay. And then as a response to that, you know, you did the dialogue did start. Just just talk us through how that how that happened. The um I mean the, the main thing there for me to start off there and, and and Ali will be able to um to talk more about this than me, but the main thing was the club told us they were really surprised at the amount of people that were in that Halfords Lane at Reading. I mean, you've mentioned a couple of thousand there, Johnny. It's probably conservative. You know, it was all the way back to to the Greggs and there was people on the Greggs car park. So, you know, there was probably three, four thousand people there really, really vocal and really, really expressing their dissatisfaction. And part of the engagement within the club and the first thing that that, that Ron and, and, and Ian said to us during that meeting was they were just shocked at the level of response um and 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 that that's what led to them reaching out and and offering us a meeting really and i'm sure uh, yeah, I, th- I think as well on top of that again it was the consistency of the shine of light that was consistently growing uh gaming game out as well so and that became very apparent that it wasn't just a smedic it wasn't just the brummy everywhere you were there every game johnny as well you saw week in week out it grew he got to a crescendo really so the 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 um after the game in alfred's lane um, it was really the, the, again the, the, another key pivotal moment in uh, yeah we're onto something here that we're beginning to get the masses this, as I call them the silent majority turned into we're not going to take this as a football club anymore and I think that people what we're most pr- one of the things we're most proud of is that the protest grew when we were winning football games. It's a lot easier to build a protest group when you're not winning, believe me. When you're bottom of the league and everything's turning to the um, the dark stuff, it's a lot... I did well there, stop. Oh, I did, um, it, it's, it's massively, massively more difficult to, to generate the interest that we have whilst, the, whilst you're winning nine out of ten at home. I think that word that was mentioned earlier on momentum is is the key word and the key thing, Johnny. And um, what we've had that momentum and we've built these milestones. I mean, you're absolutely correct. The first milestone was was, was Blackpool and the shine of lights, and the second milestone would definitely been Reading. And I'm sure we'll talk about the third milestone of the actual physical march. Um, all intertwined with this was really, and it was absolutely Ali's initiative. And I think what sets us apart from from other fan groups was just the media coverage and the and the 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 appear you know Ali's appearance on talk sport talk tv yeah local radio local press uh, and just that consistency of getting the message out there which you know culminated in in the houses of parliament and um and Rishi Sunak and and, and all that type of involvement which is just spiraled us to another level really so all of that was intertwined with the in-ground milestones and the in-ground protests really yeah, there was a lot of big, big moments there. The meetings that you've had with with Ron Gawley, you know, I understand they've been productive um, and they've been regular meetings. As much as you can, just talk us through, you know, how those <clears throat> meetings work. Is it a case of getting updates yeah. on what's going on their side and your side? 
Happily, happily give anybody, and and the the notion that the secretive and all this rubbish that we sometimes get, and the and the notion that we sit there dunking biscuits in tea and being all cordial yeah. and all very nice, that does our heads in, doesn't it? Yeah, That's I mean, look, 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 you you've known me a while, Johnny, and uh, and I'm sure you'll you will agree that I'm no shrinking violet and Paul certainly not like it either. So, <laughs> um, we we met on the first day uh, that we met them. It was very cordial, very polite, very courteous. But I will absolutely categorically say there was we, there was three of us in the meeting, and we tried to change around the, the, the people from the committee so we all get a, a fair crack of, of to to what these meetings are like. But we just wanted to show people and tell people that when we put these minutes into the meeting, they're real. That there's no like secret handshakes underneath, and you tell us this and we won't say that. I'll be honest with you, first time. I was sceptical and I thought when we sent the minutes in, oh, we're going to get, they actually added to the minutes. That's the God's honest truth. Now that might not fit people's mantra of what they expected to be like, but they were, they were added to. You've missed this out. We talked, we talked about this. That is genuinely what happened. So yeah, um, Ron did say that to, to others that it was one of the most difficult fan meetings he's, he's had. There wasn't any banging the tables over each other. It was just, look, we'll put our point across. These are where we're coming from. Obviously, a lot of it, which is the key driver for Action for Albion, was about the ownership model and the financial implications that have that have been sadly let us down. As it turns out, he can't, they can't, and he can't personally answer a huge amount of questions regarding the, the, the businesses and finances because he's not a director, as we all know understand that there's only one director of West Bromwich Albion Group, which is the people that took the money out of the football club. What we have learned from having these meetings is that the cash cow has stopped being milked now. And that's what people we need to get across. It's a lot, lot, lot more difficult for our ownership model to take the money out of the business like they could before Ron Gourlay was there. Now, we've got, we get to stick about, we're Ron's mate. All we do is we report facts of what we are told. And we know, not just from Ron, but from other places as well, that that is absolutely 100% true, that the business cannot have money go out of it without three signatories there. That's fact. And that's, you know, that's come around from, from you know, gathering that relationship with, with Ron Gourlay, which is obviously a, a positive between, you know, the, the guys there on the board of the club and the, and the supporters. Paul, I just want to go on to what you mentioned there about, um, you know, the media appearances that Ali's been doing, you know, across various different platforms um, and the relationship you've now got with, with Nicola Richards, uh, the MP who sort of raised the issue in, in Parliament. I know Ali went down to, to Downing Street. It'd be interesting to see if he's going to stand for election in, in a couple of years' time, I think, no, when no, the general no, election not, comes, we're not, Ali. We're not politically based. Let's squirrel that <laughs> one at this stage. I need to see the fits and all. On the next occasion. <laughs> but those, mm. those, those are significant milestones, like you say, in raising the profile of, of Albion's situation which I, I'm guessing continues to be the you know the overriding sort of mantra of, of action for Albion. Yeah very much so and um, you know uh, the risk of duplication I think is what sets us apart you know no one to mention other clubs like like a sort of an, an Everton scenario but this isn't about invading the pitch although we have elements that want to do that it, it's 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 a different approach. It's an approach that helps engagement, like with yourself, if, using this as an example here, um, like with other other parties around around the around the uh, around the sphere of the fan groups. I mean, we're we're really proud 
that we managed to pull together all these different fan groups, including the former Players Association and the Official Supporters Club, into the joint letter. And OK, it hasn't got a response. We, did we really expect that it would do? But it, it's it's jointly signed by everybody. So we're saying as a collective fan base, the way we're being governed at the moment is not acceptable to us. It's not 200 people in action for Albion. It's not the 12% shareholders for Albion. It's everybody is not happy. Uh, and what you're doing to this club is not acceptable to us. We have limited influence on what we can do about that, but we're an action group, we're a pressure group, and we'll continue to bear pressure down and action down in a peaceful way as best we can. And Ali's media appearances and and other people connected with us, media appearances have been a massive, massive part of that. You mentioned those those latest developments. I want to come on to that. You know, I, I know you've, you've you've put a statement out um, this week regarding the the open letter that you sent to you know, the ownership. On the um, on the other developments, we've seen a lot talked about about the white paper that's coming forward um, yeah. from the, the the authorities and the government um, regarding football ownership, which I know has been in the works for quite quite a long time. Ali, you were you were talking about this on Talk TV just a few days ago, and the latest sort of topic on that is retrospective action with regards to yeah. ownership in football clubs, um, which is something that I'm sure a lot of Albion fans didn't realise. Uh, a lot of people across football didn't realise. So we just, could you could you sort of talk talk about that and and what you know? I'm sure we'll yeah. know more when this white paper come comes Absolutely. out, which I believe will be later this year. But what's the sort of cut and thrust of that, and and how can it be relevant for Albion? Okay, so I think it's probably if I take the lead on this, Paul, if that's okay. So um, so. so um, I, I'm, with, we work in conjunction and closely where possible. Whilst we're two separate entities, shareholder for Albion and Action for Albion, at the end of the day, we want the betterment of West Bromwich Albion. Both of us, both parties do. So it made absolute sense to, where possible, to conjoin our thought processes. So when we did the joint letter, which you, along with other fantastic bodies, including the players, former players and sportive clubs and then many other uh, Albion bodies, we we haven't had a response back from that yet. And then when we when the response came back to shareholders for Albion late last week with regards to the refusal to answer questions. This is the 38 questions. For, for, yeah, the for 38 questions. I must stress that is shareholders for Albion, 38 questions. We just help publicise it and put it out to... We've got nearly 12,000 members now across social media. Um, so, yeah, we've got a, quite a big sway with regards to how we can get news out there. So we just help to facilitate that. So from I then very quickly assumed, without having the confirmation until today, that it was very likely we weren't going to be meeting Zuki in the near future. So what I wanted to do was just to speak to Nicola Richards' office and get an understanding of more understanding and more research of what this white paper could potentially look like and how it could hopefully help us in the future. And un- unbelievably, I, I'll, be, I'll be honest with this, I didn't know about the retrospective actions. I don't think many people did. So in a nutshell, um, and these will be all on our Facebook pages, all the links are going to be on the website in the, f- in the future as well. So we'll get that, make sure that's up and running so you can get a link into what the white paper actually looks like at this moment in time as a draft form. In a nutshell, that every club will be licensed. So we'll, that every club will have a licensed responsibility and that licensed responsibility will be looked after by the government. Very similar way to 
best of, in, a, in layman's terms, which I understand the probably the best, is the way that Ofcom, Ofgen, and Ofsted work. So there are there are bodies that looked after certain sectors in the in the industries that are looked after to make sure that they're being looked after fairly and considerately by the people that are involved in them. So the argument is, and it's a sound argument as far as I'm concerned, is if that can be for the same, if that can be for all these sectors in the national game that's awash with money and has emotional, social, social and uh, economic um, eventualities to all of us, then surely that should be regulated in a similar way. After all, the Premier League and the people that do regulate it have had 30 years to get it right and failed miserably. That's why we've got 21 of the 24 clubs in this league that are unsustainable at the minute. So, so the whole idea is they're licensed. They're licensed. If in the event that these licenses then have, um, have people in their ownership that are using, are not looking after the club's best interest and I don't know, financial irregularities, or maybe taking a loan out that's not been paid back, anything along those sort of ideas. I don't know whether you can see a pattern emerging here. It's a weird use um, example there, Ali. I mean, it's quite oh, heaven forbid. But if there was an event where there was something along those sort of lines where there was a £5 million loan, let's say, taken out and wasn't paid back, there is, be, there is a possibility that the independent regulator could revoke that license. Now, people will say, you can't do that, it's a private business. There's a precedent being set. Yes, it's a different precedent. And it revolves around Chelsea. So the Chelsea sanctions proved that in, in the UK football pyramid, that a football club that's owned by a private person, independently, can be taken out of his control by sanctions. There's a precedent. Whether the precedent's the same isn't, a, isn't what we're talking about. What we're talking about is there's a precedent being set and there's a possibility that's been proven it can happen. Now, if the white paper passes, and the good news is it's going to try, more than likely be going into the King's speech in September, which is fantastic news because that means it's all so that means it can move through a lot. I'm learning all this. Sounds like I know what I want about, doesn't it? But, um, <laughs> uh, if it goes through quicker, that means it can get into Parliament and get in through legislation quicker. Now, the, the obvious question then arises, well, there's an there's a, a election coming, there's a general election coming. Let me, let me Paul made a, a good, uh, made a joke about it, but let's be absolutely clear, and we set this out from the start, Action for Albion will never be political persuasion at all. They've not got, they've not got one. We only deal with people that are elected by the democratic constituencies where they are. We don't deal with prospective uh, MPs. We only deal with MPs. We don't, we don't want to have any political persuasion whatsoever. It doesn't matter whether the Red Blue or Monster Raving Looney Party. It doesn't matter. The, the key is that we're talking to the people that have been democratically elected. So that's very important. If there is a change in the general election and a new prime minister is elected and there's a new government, it will take a very brave prime minister to say, well, the king's first speech since coronation, we're going to ignore what he says and we're not going to put it through. So even if there's a general election change, the likelihood is that this will, the four points is normally four points apparently in a speech, which football, the regular the regulator will be one of them. If that's the case, then obviously there will be some work to be done, but we can't see it being a huge game changer that there's a general election taking place. 
so that hopefully I've explained it as well as I possibly can. I'm sure we've got to probably wait for more information on that, but that's basically in a nutshell, you know, that could help Albion's ownership issues, basically. It's, it's, it's a huge game yeah. if it's voted in, yes. Yeah. And it, it's just before we, we wrap up this podcast, it's been great to, to, to chat to the both of you on on the great work that Action for Albion's done over the over the last six months. I've just realised that I didn't, we haven't touched on the on the march down Birmingham Road and the protest. Yeah, the march in um, March. The march in uh, in March, another significant moment that you must have been, you know, very proud of. Got a lot of people down there on the Birmingham Road marching along. Um, I was particularly enjoying the guy on the on the the big speakerphone uh, uh, as you, as you might Dave. Yeah, but another it's a dangerous Dave Rose. Yeah. <laughs> Shout out to Dangerous Dave. Another uh, another significant you know significant moment really, and uh, and one you know when you reflect back on it, or I'm sure you didn't imagine happening right back at the very start. It was, it was fantastic, and and before that, the the support behind the, the the banners. We had so many generous donations to fund the banners and the and the leaflets before that. That was advertising what we're about in the march. Um, cooperation everywhere along the line, really. Um, the ground safety officers, West Midlands Police, as Ali alluded to earlier on, there's so much organisation that goes on. You just don't rock up and go. Let's have a march. There's weeks and weeks of organisation, and some people don't understand that now. I certainly do. And, uh, and and Ali certainly does, and everybody involved with the committee does. Um, but yeah, in regards to the groundswell and the numbers, and, and we 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 had to start early because there was that many people who were causing a blockage, which is is the, the the main story to tell. Really, we had to depart at quarter past two rather than the publicised half past two because there was already several thousand people there causing a logjam and we were supposed to march in a certain part of the road and we just couldn't contain it because of the amount of numbers that was that was that was involved which yeah i mean the club the club and west midlands police both were surprised (laughs) we were we were gobsmacked if i'm honest but i mean um, what we're most proud of, again, we've been proud of a lot of things, but I tell you what, what I love about the most things is that our, our fan base are listening and they're understanding that we're doing our best for them. So, I mean, there's a couple of things we asked for. If you remember, it was the foundation day and we were asking, we asked for we asked for the guys and girls that came along just to keep the language down. We wanted to be all-encompassing for kids, grown-ups whatever the persuasion it was just wanted to be well behaved and there was a couple of times where the guato and lie chant was started but it was quickly scuppered down and and that's a testament to our fans and the understanding of what we're trying to do because we're not a rabble we don't want to be a rabble and the reason why we're getting so far in the public sector and the media sector is because we're not that and i i personally think is that we're getting we gain traction from the media is because we're tackling this in a different way to what anybody else has ever done before. I remember seeing you at the march, you and Lewis get the march, and you both said to me, I can't believe this. This is the most mad the amount of people that are here. I remember walking down Birmingham Road and you saying that to me. So, yeah, there's lots of things to be proud of, but this is just the start. It's just that we're, we're in it for the long, long haul. And, and as, as I say, the refuser from Ken today, we, we use analogies quite a lot, but Every war, there's a battle. There's loads of battles on loads of fronts, and and just because you have to retreat from one battle doesn't mean you're going to lose the war. It's just going to be that you find a different route and a different path to make it successful. And we will. These guys will not win. West Bromwich Albion, the institution of West Bromwich Albion, will continue long after these custodians have gone. Believe me, they're not going to. 
they're the custodians of any football club, the owners, they're here for a short space of time. The institution of West Bromwich Albion's here for life. And it, it's not it's it's not the off season for us, Johnny. I was just gonna say just just in terms of that, it, it's not the off season for us. We're we're continuing with 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 things like this and we had a committee meeting last night. We had a Zoom meeting with another organisation the day before that. You, you know, the work continues behind the scenes. Obviously Ali was on Talk TV on Sunday, so there's there's almost something every day. So, you know, there's no closed season, off season for us. We'll see you in August, guys. You know, we're we're continuing to do what we can do and build that pressure uh on an almost yeah. daily basis. And there'll be there'll be sorry very finally from me, Johnny. Sorry, I know we do talk a lot, but uh, the, the 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 meeting um, dates for Ron and uh, the next meeting, Ron Gorley and Ian Skidmore, will be released in the next few days. We just everybody deserves an holiday, even Ron Gorley and Ian Skidmore. So we just got to um, we've got to understand that. Um, but that that's not a, a fob off. It's just that we'll we'll wait and there's, there's time now. I'd rather make sure that we've got the playing budget and the players that we've got coming in rather than seeing the big fat gingerbread and a little man from, from Willanore. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just as my penultimate point, you, you, you've brought me on nicely too. You know, the, this is recorded on uh, on the 23rd um, and I'll be going out in a few days' time. You did write to um, to the, the WBA group, sole director Zuki, known as Ken, the former chief executive for, for Albion fans, Um to come and meet with Action for Albion. Now, we know, you've mentioned the open letter, which hasn't been responded to. You've had confirmation now that he's um, rejected your request to meet with, with Action for Albion, put a statement out today. We're extremely disappointed yeah. with the decision, um, especially in the wake of the 38 questions from um, shareholders for Albion. Um, is this something you'll keep pushing for? You've had this refusal. Is this something that um, you, you see as beneficial in terms of transparency? Of course, it would be beneficial. It wasn't ever, ever going to be a thought process that he was going to say, yeah, OK, then we'll come and sit down and talk to you. It's just not the way that they're called, the, the culture of the ownership model works. And and that's fine. I understand that. But we've got to do our job. We've got to make sure, even though it's an unpaid job, <laughs> we've got to make sure that we're asking these questions that the fan base, we, we get instruction from what the fan base want us to do. That's what the key is. We're not, a dictatorship where what Ali says or what Paul says happens. It doesn't happen like that. We, China Light was found, was was given as an idea from a WhatsApp group. We've been asked regularly for marches. We've been asked regularly for lots of other things. We listen to every single fan, and and I swear to you, every single option and uh, an idea is discussed. And that's Paul. You'll you'll agree with that, won't you? That's yeah, absolute fact. Yeah. yeah. And as I alluded to before, we don't agree, do we? You know, no. we, we 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 don't we don't agree amongst ourselves, but we will get we go with the majority. You know, there's times when you've been overruled. There's times when yeah. when I haven't agreed with with something, and, and we go with with the gut feel of of what we feel is the right thing to do and what the fan base would want us to do in the majority, really. And that's the strength of it, you see. That's sorry, Johnny. That's very that's the strength. It's like yin and yang. You know, I mean, it really is. There's a there, there is. The left and right and the centres in in every in every walk of life, and that's the same in our committee. And we we'd like to grow the committee and be more diverse because I'll be honest, we've got only middle old middle middle aged blokes really. So we'd like to get we've got a couple of younger guys involved now. We'd like to get some females involved if possible. Any like all all different diversities. It's really important. We don't want to be just the one demographic it's important so we get different ideas from different areas as well so anybody that wants to 
um, be a part of it and be a part of the committee moving forward. We need, we'd like some help because it's a lot of work. Where can they go to, Ali, if, uh, if people are listening to this and want to get involved? Yeah, okay. So Action for Albion on the Twitter handle, go on our website. There's a form in there that, that you can uh, you can respond on the, online on for Albion. That's Action, F-O-R, Albion, actionforalbion.co.uk. The Twitter handle is Action, the number four Albion. Um, and the reason being Elon Musk has still got our action for Albion for some reason. Uh, a Facebook group as well. Um, and Ali Jones 9. And what's yours, Paul? Your fanboy? Super Bob God. Super Bob God. Dear me. Annie, 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 so he knows his age. That's a, that's a great, great, Twitter, uh, great Twitter handle. Just finally, now you mentioned that, you know, you're not going away. This is for the long haul. What's the what's the next step in the in imminent future for uh, for action for Albion? Do you want to answer, Paul, or do you want me to go? No, no, you go for that one. Okay, so um, continuing pressure. Whilst there's a quite slow news, it makes sense for us to try to get out there as much as we possibly can in the media outlets where we can. So you'll probably see a lot more. Uh, that's the same for the nationals as well as the um, the regionals, really. So we've got some good links now with some national journalists, and we've got some great support from the local journalists, Lewis and Joe and yourself. Thank you for all, all your support over the last yeah. season. It's been really important that we that we share the news, and you've always done it in a fair way. You've not you've not obviously made a, anything about action for Albion. You just reported it as you see it. So appreciate that. For, um, so yeah, continuing the pressure politically, media led. There might be an opportunity where we might get a meeting together. That's a, a penciled in sort of thing that we, we might do somewhere in the local locality of West Brom. So we get some members together and we just have a sort of a an AGM sort of idea. Um, and maybe to look at um, maybe being a bit more facing in the owner's homeland. Yeah, and just, just on that, there's just a, a relevant point there is that um, we've got lot, lots of diversity within the hierarchy of the group, Johnny. Um, so we've got people in our WhatsApp group hierarchy that actually live and work in China. Um, we've got some Chinese language experts. We've got solicitors, barristers, communication people. We, we, we've got a broad spectrum of people that help help us in, in many ways and factors. And again, a reach out there if there's anybody that thinks they could help us in any way um, or bring any expertise to the table, then, then yeah, we're very much still open and up for that, really. If you want to get involved in Action for Albion, head to those those Facebook groups or or, or Twitter uh, Twitter handles and groups um, that Ali and Paul have just mentioned. Guys, thank you very much for your time. Really appreciate you coming on and talking to us on the Baggies broadcast um, this evening to talk about everything that's been going on. Like we said, it's been a whirlwind six months. Keep up the good work um, and we look forward to seeing what Action for Albion's next steps are going to be in the future. And you Baggies fans as well, thank you very much for listening. Keep an eye out for the guest episodes that will be dropping over the summer. And until next time on the Baggies Broadcast, boing boing, 